By now, if you've been walking with me through this journey of studying the kindness and severity of God, you've come to realize that there is this great reality at work in the world, even now, that there are those toward whom God has uh, revealed his kindness in Christ, and there are those which we've learned is by far the majority those toward whom God is even now displaying his severity. Now we have coming up that annual event that we oftentimes in Christendom call Easter. Uh, I prefer to refer to it as Resurrection Sunday. I know that can sound kind of radical, but um, I would prefer to to deal with that on that basis as a as the time in which we observe the resurrection. Uh, and, and instead of Easter. And let me tell you why. <clears throat> the other morning, um, some people were walking down our street, and they, they put door hangers on every door in our neighborhood, including ours. Well, Elizabeth walked out, my wife, went out and picked up the door hanger and came walking in, holding it up to me with a sad but um, uh, grin on her face, uh, shaking her head, and let me tell you what's in this bag. This bag was left to us uh, on our doorknob by a group of Southern Baptists who included in this bag a little tract on the um, four spiritual laws. Okay, well, that's good enough. And then there's a postcard in there uh, inviting us to come to their church service on Easter. Uh, with an Easter egg hunt to follow, by the way. Uh, and on the picture, there's a um, uh, picture of a man with a long beard and a, a young girl standing next to him, both with bunny ears and laughing. The topic for that day on Easter Sunday is going to be, Did Jesus Rise from the Dead? Fact or Fiction? Uh, see if, if Who are they appealing to when they do that? And then the back of the car, there's a Good Friday service on April 7th at uh, the same uh, Southern Baptist Church where it's going to have the burial cloth of Jesus. Does, does the Shroud of Turin prove Jesus was real? So that's the first part postcard. The second, there's this another postcard um, advertising their kids' programs. Exciting, kid-friendly environment. Build friendships and faith. Safe place to learn and ask questions. Experienced support for parents. And then on the back, there's a marriage course that's going to be allowed, uh, offered, I should say, seven weeks of conversation over candlelit dessert for married couples or those who want to be married couples. That's the next postcard. Now, we get down to the real goodies. This is all in that same bag. Uh, a DVD, three Jesus films on one DVD. Wow. The Life of Jesus, Magdalena, and the Story of Jesus. The most accurate film produced on the life of Jesus Christ. Three Jesus films on one DVD. And then... Last, but certainly not least, is this little plastic egg, which you can open and find that there's two pieces of candy inside. 
if anything is not indicative of American Christianity in our day, it's this little bag of goodies. It's a mindset towards evangelism that has filled American churches in the last 50 years with largely unregenerate people. People who are good churchgoers, some of them more good than others, some of them who give good appearances, some of them who work very hard, in fact, to maintain an appearance of religious devotion, but who are not Christians. They worship a Jesus who is the figment of their imagination. How could they not, if their introduction to Jesus is some little bag of goodies hung on their doorknob, which includes a plastic egg with candy, three Jesus films, and pictures of people on, from that church laughing with bunny ears on their head. How could they not be worshiping a Jesus that is a figment of their imagination? There is nothing in this bag of goodies that introduces anybody to the biblical Christ. You know, the Christ who actually saves sinners, whom the Father sent into the world. You have to realize in, these, in moments like this that there is just this incredible, incredible wisdom of God that he did not send his Son into the world at a time in human history that we had social media, that we had 24-7 cable news broadcast. I mean, can you imagine what the media would do with Jesus' ministry? Yeah, it's exactly what they do. They create plastic eggs, DVD films, little postcards, and take the whole gospel down to four spiritual laws and then market it. This is pure unadulterated marketing. Now, the thing I want to make the point of here is that if, if you don't understand anything else about this study that we're doing on the kindness and the severity of God, I want you to hear today that 95%, if not more, 95% of what's going to happen on Good Friday and, and quote-unquote Easter Sunday morning in churches all across America is a stench in the nostrils of God and is under God's severity. Now, I know I realize that that sounds really radical and it sounds really harsh and even downright unkind. But it isn't. Let me just read you a text that will help you understand that I, I don't have any personal uh, agenda here. I'm simply trying to convey to you the heart and the mind of the apostles and our Lord Jesus in the power of the Spirit to, to address these kind of things. For instance, in 1 Corinthians 10, he says this, for I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that our fathers were all under the cloud, and they all passed through the sea, 
And they all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And they all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink, for they were drinking from a spiritual rock which followed them, and the rock was Christ. Now, Paul is talking about the Exodus here. He's talking about those whom God sovereignly intervened to save from the grips of Pharaoh, and whom he brought through the Red Sea as his um, a, a metaphor for baptism. Verse 5, Nevertheless, and please hear me now, Nevertheless, with most of them, God was not pleased. For their dead bodies were spread out in the wilderness. Now, these things happened as examples for us, so that we would not crave evil things as they indeed craved them. Verse 7, Do not be idolaters, as some of them were, as it is written. The people sat down to, to eat and to drink and rose up to play. They made, they made the, their own deliverance a point of trivia, and they ended up celebrating around a golden calf. Nor are we to commit sexual immorality, as some of them did. And 23,000 fell in one day. Nor are we to put the Lord to the test, as some of them did, and were killed by the snakes. Now, how do we put the Lord to the test? We do it simply by saying, I want what I want when I want it, and I don't care what God has to say about it. That's putting the Lord to the test. Verse 10, Nor are we to grumble, as some of them did, and were killed by the destroyer. Now, these things happened to them as an example, and they were written for our instruction, upon whom the end of the ages have come. I hope you're listening, and I hope you get it, and I hope you can share it with others. Therefore, let the one who thinks he stands watch out that he does not, what? Fall. That he does not fall. Now, where have we heard that word before? We've heard it in our basic text of Romans 11.22, where he says... Um, see then the kindness and severity of God to those who fell severity, but to you God's kindness if you continue in his kindness, for otherwise you too will be cut off. Therefore let the one who thinks he stands watch out that he does not fall. No temptation is overtaking you except something common to mankind. And God is faithful, so he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will provide the way of escape also, so that you will be able to endure it. Therefore, my beloved, he says in verse 14 of First uh, Corinthians chapter 10, I speak as to wise people. You then judge what I say. Is the cup of blessing which with we bless not a sharing in the blood of Christ? Is the bread which we break not a sharing in the body of Christ? Since there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we are all partake of the one loaf. Look at the people of Israel. Are those who eat the sacrifices not partners in the altar? What do I mean then? 
that food sacrificed to idols is anything, or that an idol is anything? No, but I say that the things with the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God, and I do not want you to become partakers with them. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the de- cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. Or do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? We are not stronger than he, are we? Well, I'll end there. End quote. What I'm saying to you today is that this silly, superficial, shallow, nonsensical marketing strategy that was hung on my doorknob is a witness to a form of worship and a form of evangelism that is not of God and indeed is of under God's severity even now. Is the cup of blessing with which we bless not a sharing in the blood of Christ? Paul is saying, don't you realize how important it is to treat these things with a solemn joy, but with solemnity and sobriety? We don't want to trivialize or make some kind of a marketing scheme out of the gospel. And since there is one loaf, we who are of one body, for we all partake of the one loaf, we don't have to reinvent the wheel every generation. These people are working overtime. The people who hung this door hanger on my knob, my front door knob, are working overtime to get me to like Jesus. They're getting me, they're, they're presenting to me a Jesus that is likable by the masses. Their goal is to fill the church on Easter Sunday. Their goal is not to feed your soul. Their goal is not to teach you. Their goal is not to feed the sheep, just to gather the sheep, and then stand back and applaud themselves for having done such a good work for Christ. If we don't start standing up against this kind of thing, we will be partakers with it. That's my motivation, and I hope it's yours. If we don't start saying no to these silly, superficial, demonic, energized forms of counterfeit Christianity, we will be named among those who participate and partake with it and will come under the severity of God as well. Don't go there, beloved. I'm not saying this with anger. I'm not saying this with some kind of bitterness. I'm I'm saying this uh, not to be unkind or harsh. I'm saying this with a great burden. Even with tears, I beg you, reject this silliness. Reject what you're going to see put on display on Easter morning. I was a pastor for many years. I know pastors. I'm still close friends with men who are pastors today. I see what they go through. I see what their wives go through. I see what their congregation does to put on a, quote, 
and let me let me use this word to compete with each other's churches all around the region for Easter going people. Not I'm not they're not competing to attract Christians to their church. They're competing to get people who are going to be there on Easter as good church going people. This is not about pre- preaching the gospel. This is not about communicating the truth of the inspired text. This is not about seeing lives transformed by an encounter with Jesus Christ. This is about pure, unmitigated, un- unadulterated marketing. It's not of God. In fact, it's under God's severity. And I'm calling to you today to reject it. Well, may the Lord strengthen you and keep you in his grace as you realize the sobriety of what we're doing in this text. Romans 11.22 is clear to us, isn't it? That there is both the kindness of God and the severity of God being revealed in the world even now. And we want to be clear about both of those points. We want to be clear that we are understand that we are in Christ based upon the mercy and the kindness of God. And that should produce obedience in a sobriety of mind and a joy of heart. But there is this there is this masses. There is the many. Remember it's always the many who walk through the wide gate and follow the broad path to destruction. I would encourage most of you to stay home on Easter Sunday or find a church, unless, of course, you're part of a church that will actually gather in sincere and genuine worship that treats the cup of the Lord with which we bless not as a sharing in the blood of Christ, with a solemnity, not a morbid, introspect, navel-gazing type of piety, but a solemnity that, that respects the solemnity of the gospel and the joy of the heart and the renewing of our minds in Christ. So we, we look up to him in adoration and we reach out to each other in love. That's what worship's about. And if you got to give me plastic eggs and DVD films and promise me that you have programs for my kids and for my marriage that are uh, going to somehow cure both of those situations. I mean, they're approaching the family. They're approaching the family here, both marriages and children, with such a level of superficiality and silliness and programmed type of, of presentations that they fully expect is going to do something. It's not going to do anything. Marriages marriages blossom and are enriched by a mutual sharing in life in Christ. Not by candlelit dessert. (laughs) I hope you hear me. And please, I hope you don't judge me as being unkind or being unharsed. This just breaks my heart. That's how I felt. When I got this door hanger, I just 
my heart just broke. I just sat down and sighed deeply. And I hope you join me in that. Well, may the Lord strengthen and keeping you always in his mercy and his grace and in his kindness.